0: been working through revelation. And and by the way, there is good news today. All throughout the Bible, from the moment that we came to understand that God had a plan for his son to come and be the redeemer of the world, that the good news is that Jesus came uh, born of a virgin. He came He died. He rose again and now sits at the right hand of the Father. But the good news is, is that he provided us redemption. He provided for us all that we needed to be a child of a king. And today, we want to extend on that good news as we look at Revelation. From the very first verse in Revelation, the very first one, the Bible says that this is a revelation from Jesus Christ that the revelation is about him and it was given to him by God. And Jesus gave it to an angel and the angel gave it to John. And John recorded everything that he saw through visions and signs and dreams and reported it to the church. And so today it's filled with good news. So we start off in the very first verse of Revelation 19. It says, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. What has just occurred in Revelation 17 and 18? We find that there was a great prostitute and her name was Babylon. And Babylon was also symbolic of the Roman Empire. And the Babylon, the great prostitute, was just destroyed. Jesus had just provided the righteous judgment of Babylon. So when they start to praise and worship in Revelation 19, it's because Babylon is no more. So when you think about The fact that we're going to be able to usher in the presence of God and talk about the final battle, it starts off with praise. And I'm just thinking that maybe... The same way as it is in heaven, so it is on earth. There's some things you're dealing with that we're going to have to make sure that we give God praise. If you're here today, maybe you haven't taken the time. Maybe you're here and you have not thought about all that God has done. You've not thought about who he is to you. I'm just going to give you about five or six seconds to give God some praise. Can you put your hands together for an almighty God? Amen. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Glory, glory. Listen, from the beginning, the very first verse, it says hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. Hallel means praise and Yah means Yahweh or Lord. So when we say hallelujah, we're saying praise the Lord. Praise Him for what He's done. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him just for who He is. He is. I know I'm in the right place. I be Can I just tell you this? Listen, I love you guys. I do. Come on. Come on. I love it. This morning, I walked in, and Dan, I ain't going to call him out. He in the place. I said, Dan, just walked in. The, I said, Dan, what's the word? And he looked straight at me in the eye. He looked at me straight in the eye. He said, it's not about you. Well, then he said, and it's not about me. It's about the Lord. I was like, come on. I was like, come on, man. What it did, it freed me up. You know, I know I'm preaching this morning, I've been working, I'm like, it's not about me, but come on. It's not about you. And that's going to carry us all the way through the sermon. Because I'm going to tell you now what I want to talk about. The battle is not yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus, look, wait, wait. This is the final battle in Revelation 19. But the battle is not yours. And instead of being more concerned about the battle and how it unfolds, we got to pay attention to the one who we're following in battle. Dan Dan looked at me and said, listen, if you're going to keep what you got, you got to give it away. Oh, that's for somebody. If you're going to keep what you got, you got to give it away. The love that you have right now, the peace that you have right now, the understanding and the wisdom that you have right now, if you're going to keep it, you got to be willing to give it away. We're not designed to keep all the things to ourselves. God has not made us a funnel that we can take everything and become a reservoir. We're a river and supposed to pour in to other people. So I don't know. I'm just thinking about my hallelujah praise right now. When I think back over my life that all God has done for me, I don't know about you, but I got so much to be thankful for. He's wonderful. He's mighty. He's excellent. He's magnificent. Through danger, seen and unseen, my God and Your God, Jesus—that one, that's who I want to talk about today. Okay, in the beginning of Revelation 19, it, many times it talks about praise the Lord. Then it talks about praise for salvation and glory, honor and power. Salvation—he is the one that fixed it so that we can become sons and daughters of God, that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, that he redeems, he cleanses, he purifies, he makes righteous all that was wrong. It is not something we could earn. It is something that he gives. So from the beginning, sometimes we can't understand the end because we don't understand the beginning. He is alpha and omega. He is the beginning. Everything that we need, God's got it. He is the the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Salvation has come. We also got to understand the glory of God, the splendor of God. When you look around, you could just look in this place. I'm sorry, we just heard his glory. That God has created us just a little lower than the angels. Listen, you look around at the people in this room. I don't know what you see, but God sees his glory. God sees the miraculous power of forming and bringing life to existence. We are not the shell that we're in. The, who we are has to do with who God made us. He breathed the breath of life. The glory of God lives in you. I wish you could just receive it. Because sometimes we think we what we've done. We think of where we've been. We think about our reputation. We, God says we are vessels of honor. He says you are the light of the world. Sometimes if we just receive who God says we are, we'll understand that we are a part of the glory of God. Salvation and glory and honor, that's his status. He is Elohim, the creator. He is El Elyon, the most high. Do you know who he is? That's the honor that is due to the God that has created everything that is. We're going to get to his power right about now. Can I just tell you what I really want to talk about? Let's get there. Obeelam, as we get to ch- verse 11 in chapter 19, yes, they praise. But then he said, I heard them praising and shouting, verses 1 through 10. I heard them say, Praise the Lord. I heard, but then he saw that heaven was open and there was standing there a white horse. And the white horse, the rider, came not as the lamb, but as a warrior. Last couple weeks ago, I talked about the door that was open and then we got all the way through the door and really it was about the sacrifice lamb. It was about the cross. Today, he's not coming as the lamb. The lamb was necessary for forgiveness and for grace and mercy, but if, you're gonna, if he's gonna accomplish and, and conquer evil, he's coming as a warrior today. But on earth as it is in heaven, The battle is not yours. But can I just say this? You got some battles too. And so I'm going to take my time. What is it that you're fighting with today? You know, we can come and we can listen and we're like, hmm, cognitively. But if we are reflective, everybody's dealing with something. What is it? that you're struggling with? What is it that is confrontational in your life? What is it that you've been warring with for a long time? The battle that you've been waging. Sometimes we battle and we fight all by ourselves and we keep doing the same things and we've never taken time to invite God into our situation. And even when we do, and if things don't go the way we want them to go, we think God ain't moving. I stop and tell somebody the battle, the fight, the struggle, you might be in it, but it ain't yours. And can I just say this? You better make sure the battle that you are fighting, that he in it with you. Because sometimes we fight some struggles that ain't our struggle. Sometimes we fight some stuff that ain't our stuff. But if we invite him in and we know God is in it, then he's going to see us through it. Sometimes it's family. Can I just say I know the holidays is coming? Sometimes the, the biggest struggle and the biggest battle is family. Sometimes the people that are closest to us hurt us the most. Sometimes it's the stuff that happened 20 years ago that the moment we see that person, we feel the pain. And sometimes we hold on to it because it's like a badge of honor because I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to forgive them because they hurt me. And God is saying, listen, when you become a child of a king, when you become a child of God, do you know if he would treat us that way, how lost we would be right now? If God would hold a grudge against all the times that we said yes and we meant no, when we went left and should have went right? And family members, listen, today, the battle, the fight, the struggle, it's not yours. Give it unto him. Follow what God says today. Listen, sometimes it's finances. Now, you said, Pastor Brown, I've heard it said many a times. The battle is not mine, it's the Lord's, but rent is due. And when I look at the ledger, what I have coming in don't match what I have to pay. How can I say the battle is not mine? I still have to have a place to go. And I'm saying to you, that is the fight. When you pray unto an almighty God and it doesn't add up, it doesn't look like what you need it to look like, that's where you fight. The battle is not yours, but you still got to (laughs) fight. you got to fight to maintain your, your, your confidence in a God who you know loves you, who you know has got your back, who you know has a cattle on a thousand hills, who you know can step in. How do you say yes, Lord, when you still have this addiction and depression and you still have this thing that's drawing you away? How can I say the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's, but I'm the one still have this, this desire to go do that thing? That's the fight. That's the fight. And I, can I tell you, you can't fight it alone. We've got to hold on to the, 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 the garment of Jesus. You've got to find your way and hold a fight to maintain your confidence in him. Don't give up because it don't add up in the way you want it to add up. Understand that, listen, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. It will give you what you need. I'm trying to tell somebody, listen, maybe you're here, and really the battle for you today is fear. You know you need to face that battle, and you've been running. Every time it comes up, you run the other way. And when you don't face your fear, it stays forever. But if you can just stand up with the Lord and face it, he'll make you and help you to get through it. Because sometimes if we're so fearful, we want to fight and fix it. But we don't know how. Maybe you're here, and today, it's your future. You don't know what the future holds. And you're battling. Do I have enough in retirement? Do I have enough put away? What about my kids? What about? And you're battling all that by yourself. Maybe you're here today and it's your faith. It's like you've been in and around the church for years. You grew up in the choir. You grew up around the church. But you've been church hurt. There's been things that has happened. And now you don't know if you're saved or not. Yes, you are. If you confess Christ and you believe in your heart, trust that that provided your salvation. That God said that he is the one that will bring you home. That's why today is so important. Because if you don't understand the beginning, how are you going to understand the end? We get caught up in the future like, well, how is the end going to be? It matters, but it doesn't matter if you are connected to the one who has all power in his hands. Sometimes the battle, and I'm going to get to where I'm going. Sometimes the battle that we have fight, we can't fight with hands. You can't fix it. You don't have the juice, and we're going to get to this later. You don't have it. The one who has the power is the one who can fix it. Sometimes the way you fight is with your head. It's what you understand about your God. That's why we need the word of God. You, sometimes we're trying to fight with hands, and God wants us to use our head. Stop going there. Stop doing the same thing. Hide the word of God in your heart. Just a piece of it. Hold on to something that you can go to over and over again. And I got one. If you don't understand maybe how to hold on to a scripture or two, how about a name? That's a name that's above every other name. And when you call on that name, something's got to change. Sometimes you got to fight with your heart. You got to be broken enough to say, God, I don't know. I'm, God, I, if, if you don't step in, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, you said ask. You said seek. You said knock. God, my heart is broken, so God, I'm going to give you everything that I have. Sometimes you got to fight with your Holy Spirit. You've got to be led. Listen, just a little, a little step when you just feel him moving a little and you be obedient, you take that step with the Holy Spirit. Even if you can't really explain it. You don't know why you're going to go that way. You don't know why you're going to uh, start that school. You don't know. But you're following him. That's how you fight. And if you can't do nothing else. Because you say, I don't hear the Holy Spirit. I can't feel. Get in your praise. Get in your hallelujah praise. Praise Praise the Lord. Get in a place where you thank him for everything that he's done. I guarantee you're going to start to speak to your heart. The battle is not yours. God is bigger than any problem you have. You can trust God with anything, and God loves you, and because He loves you, He's going to fight for you. He's going to fight for you, hope Elam. He's going to fight for you. He's been fighting for you all this time. The problem is, watch this, the techniques and the timing that God fights with does not match how we fight. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So the way he fights doesn't match up cognitively with us. He is a spirit. And so he's working. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and, and, and uh, evil things in high places. So it does not match up. But he's fighting for you. Get to the text. Then, and we're going to make it too. Then I saw John said, he says, I saw heaven open, and a white horse was standing there, and his rider was faithful in truth. The reason why we can let go and let God, is, let him fight, is because of his attributes. He's faithful. He will do what he said. You've heard this a number of times before. Receive it today. His delay is not his denial. He's faithful. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It may not look like what you want it to look like. So we got to get in the space where we recognize what God is doing. He's fighting for us. He's been fighting for us. Let's stop fighting against him. Let him have his way. Sometimes we talk about it because the bills are due, because the pain is still in your body, because the divorce is still going to happen, because you're still in depression, because those things are still feeling like rejection. So we scoop it up and we try to fix it. God says, use your head, use your heart, follow the Holy Spirit. He says, the battle is not yours. I have the attributes. I'm the righteous judge. I'm the one that is the rider. And I'm coming to wage war because I'm I'm tired of this. He says, eventually, when the day comes, he says, he's going to make all the crooked straight. God is going to overcome evil because he has the attributes to do it. Understand this he is a righteous judge, and he has standards. Because he has standards, he cannot then change his standards. for the wages of sin is death. The standards does not change. But what he does is he provides us a substitute. The substitute who is righteous, the substitute who is pure, he gives his life. And we are accounted righteous because of the substitute. His standard does not change. He cannot come down and accept sin. So we have to have a substitute, and he accounted it unto Jesus. That's why we can follow the righteous judge. We can follow the righteous king. That's why the Lord of Lords is the one that we follow. It's because of what he did. Why? Because the battle is not ours. We don't have what it takes. It's not only his attributes, but his ability eyes as fire he's the one he's got crowns on his head the ability and you know right now if you start to describe all that he has done and you start to talk about the ability of your God and what he's able to do you know that he's more than able to fight your battles so maybe if you're here today let him in follow his will in his way because he is able the first time that Jesus came he came as the lamb the lambs are not warriors. He came, the lamb was for forgiveness and for grace and for mercy. The warrior is coming to defeat evil. We need the lamb and the warrior. In his hand is grace and mercy. Is also wrath and judgment. A lot of times we only want to hear about grace and mercy. Grace and mercy, yes, the door is open. It's still open. But someday, the wrath of God is coming. And more often than not, people change their actions. They change their ways. Not so much because of judgment. The Bible is littered all the way through of God's judgment, and they went back to idol gods. It is when the sacrificed lamb came that changed the hearts. His ability It's his grace and his mercy. Not only the attributes and his ability, but his armor. The text says in verse 13, he wore a robe dipped in blood. He went to battle, already being the victor. He already accomplished the victory even before the battle came. And Revelation 19, we're talking about the final battle. And here it is. He already dressed in a robe, riding a white horse, which is also victorious. But his armor is dipped in blood. It's Calvary. It's the cross. You're worried about the future. We're worried about our finance. It's already won. He's going to battle. You're going to battle with victory if you're following him. He says to us, look, not only the attributes, not only his armor, not only his ability, but he's got an army. He's not going alone. He don't need the army, but he's got one. He's coming with saints and angels and the called and those martyrs are coming back. He's coming with, they're coming with white linen and they're on their own white horse because they're victorious too. When you follow the king, when you follow the one in authority, it gives you authority. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you open your mouth, when you talk about the word of God, you have power. Because as a child of God, as one of his descendants, one of his his children, we can speak with the same authority as our daddy. And that word cannot return void. So we got to understand that there's an army and they're dressed on white horses as well in white linen. Not only his attributes, his ability, his armor, and his army, Hobelum, his authority. King of kings, the Lord, whatever it is, no matter how long you've been struggling and fighting with that thing, He's able, He's got the authority right now to change it. And somebody in here right now, matter of fact, earlier service, somebody stood right here and said, For a long time, we've been praying about this thing, and now she can move her foot, now she can wiggle her toes, now things can happen that wasn't happening before. And I'm just saying, I know that it doesn't always happen when we want it, but he's still able. (laughs) He still is the God that can do all things but fail. He wants us to invite him in to that situation. All right, his authority, sovereignty, lordship, captain of the army. The battle is not yours. Don't worry, he says, about those who are wicked. They're going to stumble and fall. Sometimes what we do is we worry about the wicked because it looks like they're prospering. And then we're concerned for the righteous because it looks like they're suffering. Well, God, what, how is it that the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? And God is saying, my ways are way above your ways. Even though cognitively it doesn't make sense that, that that's how we equate righteous and justice. God says it's ultimately in my hands. We don't know. You know, sometimes you've gone through some things, and because you've gone through it, the struggle became your strength. That's exactly what you needed so that you can get to the other promise so you'll be strong enough to, to, to accept it when the time came. If you don't go through what you went through, you can't be ready for the promise. So we can't judge whether or not God is righteous or not because we don't know. The battle is not yours. For the Lord your God, he's going with you to battle. That's who he is. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. That's his attributes. He desires to go with us. The battle is not yours. Maybe you're in a space and you're not thinking that you're safe. You're not in a place where you think that you're in a healthy place. No weapon. No thing formed against you will prosper. It might hurt. It might have some some afflictions. It might be some things, but it won't prevail. Nothing. It won't. So I'm saying to somebody right now, if you are by yourself fighting that thing, you think the battle is yours. It's not. Let him in. Let go. Give it to him and follow him. The battle is not yours. But Moses, you remember Exodus, got him all the way out of Egypt, got to the Red Sea, Pharaoh was behind him, and they started to complain, why would you bring us out of Egypt? We could have stayed. And then Moses prayed unto the Lord. He said, look, he still the people. And he told them, don't be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes we have to be able to be in a place where we say, God, if you don't do it, it can't be done God, I'm going to back up and I'm going to rest and I'm going to wait on you. So maybe you're here and you've been fighting. It's not a lack of trying. God says, stand still. He will fight for you. Get out of the way. It's not yours to fight. If you've been getting the same thing that you've been always getting, can you stop fighting by yourself and say, God, look, I'm going to just at least for a week or two, I'm going to give you a try. And see what he does, and let his word do what it does. Okay, watch. It's not going to take long. We're there. Second Chronicles: King Jehoshaphat. And sometimes you're not doing anything, Nina. you're not doing anything. People are just going to march against you. People just want to come and cause you some problems. King Jehoshaphat had just sent judges and appointed them and. But now here it is. The Moabites, the Ammonites, the Minunites, they all say, look, we're going to attack King Jehoshaphat. He was terrified. So he fell on his face and began to pray unto the Lord. He asked the people to fast. And while they were praising God as, a, as a Dru- and Judah, the Holy Spirit came upon one of the men. It wasn't the, the king. The Holy Spirit didn't come on the seer. It didn't come on the it came on a worshiper who was praising. And the young man said, the word of the Lord says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, because the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. It came out of prayer. It came out of praise. It came out of sp- spending time with God. And the spirit of the Lord, King Jehoshaphat said, hey, let's go this way. Let's go fight. He said, no. After prayer and fasting, the spirit of the Lord came and said, listen, it's not your battle to fight. But he gave specific instructions. He said, tomorrow, don't run. March out towards that vast army and then get in position. Somebody here. Give him a try. Tomorrow. Face that giant. Pray and seek God and say, listen, um, God, what do you want me to do? And then get in position. Once they had got in position in that next day, what Jehoshaphat did, he sent all the singers and all the praisers. He put them in front of the army and then the army behind them, And then they followed God. That was the instructions. And as they were on their way to the battle, praising God, the Bible says at the moment they began to praise, it confused the enemy. And they began attacking themselves. And they began killing themselves. And they're not even in the battle. They're just on their way singing praise. I know the first thing we did when we came out here. In Revelation 19.1, it said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. So the praise is already going forth. All you got to do is get In position then they got to the lookout point in the wilderness and when they got to the lookout point they looked at the battleground and all their enemies were slain listen I'm not saying God always moves the same way but if you know that's his nature that praise will go and confuse the enemy you know praise if you get in position it'll start to make a difference I don't know, but I would just try God. If the way you're doing it ain't working, I would give him room. Don't be afraid. Get in position. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Having said that, I want you to know that at the end, if you read Revelation 19, 17 through 21, it describes the victory in the battle, that there's a great banquet where the vultures come and feast off the dead bodies of those who tried to oppose God, tried to oppose the writer, and then they were all put together and cast in the lake of fire of sulfur, and that at the end of the day, all of them were defeated. The battle is not yours, it's not mine, it's his. If we follow him, we're going to be victorious. Let's worry less about how the battle is going to unfold and be in the right position when it does. Amen? Amen. Can we glorify God by standing on our feet? Because there is a jubilee that is happening in this place. Amen? Can we stand and get ready to glorify and honor? Can we lift our voices unto the Lord and say hallelujah? Amen, amen, and amen.